Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac's Almanac. I am Sarah and I've got Darcy with me tonight, believe it or not. Usually she's just reserved for the BFD episodes. How are you doing tonight, Darcy? I'm doing pretty great. I have a generous pour of some red wine here and I'm ready to talk about weird medical things. Yes, please. Hands raised. But first of all, what kind of red wine are you drinking? I'm drinking a Pinot Noir. And I just recently discovered that I don't like it as much as a Cabernet, but it's wine and I'm going to drink it. Before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. First and foremost, we are not doctors or nurses or medical professionals on this show. Please, please, please do not take what we say as medical advice. We are not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have a health issue, please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun, weird, and wild parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. We've got some cool things to talk about tonight, don't we, Darcy? Yeah, we do. Some weird things. This article is from the website therichest.com, and it is 10 of the most bizarre diseases in humanity. Go for it, Darcy. This first one is called Walking Corpse Syndrome, and this, I think, is the one that is the cover of that link you sent me, which looked like a girl from the ring and completely freaked me out. Um, This is also known (laughs) as Cotard syndrome. Okay. And it's a rare mental condition in which the victim is convinced that he or she is dead. The victim also believes that his or her body parts are missing and some end up dying from starvation since they believe they have no business eating. I've actually weirdly heard of this one before, but I can't figure out where I heard it. But it's super fucking that weird. That is bizarre. Um, so it says, Haley Smith is one such person who suffered from Cotard syndrome. She suffered from it for three straight years until she got over it with the help of a therapist. Cases of this ultra-rare disorder date back to the 1700s when Jules Cotard first identified them. Wow. So the victims end up starving to death. Yeah. Because they think they're already dead. So, like, why bother eating? That is just so crazy to me how powerful the mind is that it can create this illusion to us where we believe craziness like this. That Yeah, that's a really extreme diet technique right? also. Can't say I recommend that. No. If you have to crawl around and look like this girl, then I'm going to vote no on that. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me because like we have already discussed, I can't handle supernatural shit. It freaks <laughs> me out. So it terrifies you- me. You will never be on the BFD podcast talking about supernatural shit. No, can't do it. So, I can't even watch commercials for supernatural movies. So like close your eyes and hum. Hum yeah. loudly. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are not aware or you're living under a rock somewhere, we have a sister podcast called Bizarre and Fascinating Details in which Darcy helps host quite often. Um, but she primarily focuses on the true crime stuff with me when we talk on that show, um, which is why we did talk about the possibility of discussing supernatural. And and then that was the point where she said it's a no go on the supernatural. It freaks me out. I had to veto that one. So what's the next item on your list? So the next one is also something I have heard of. Um, It's called, it's a water allergy and it's known as aquagenic urticaria. Um, victims of this rare disorder are allergic to water. Patients experience a painful skin reaction when they come in contact with water. This pain can increase if the water contains chemicals such as fluoride or chlorine. So they can't go to 
the neighborhood pool, which those are already kind of discussing anyway, so that's right. probably okay. Barbara Ward is one unfortunate victim of this disorder. She says that she has to stay away from rain and even sweat because it could kill her. Damn. She's even careful when watching tear jerkers. She was diagnosed with a condition after a shower gave her a severe anaphylactic shock. Damn. So I actually knew somebody, I went to, to like middle school and high school with somebody who said that she had a water allergy, but it was not this severe. So like maybe she just had a really mild haze of it because she would just get like splotchy when she took a shower. Katrina and I covered this particular disorder on an earlier episode of the show. I think it was the second or third episode of the show we talked about it. But I believe when she was talking about it, she said that these people, they can drink water. They just can't have it touch Mm -hmm. the, the skin on the, you know, their outer body, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Well, you, if you don't drink water, like you die very fast. But, uh, like, this girl, she said she had it, but she would just get, like, splotchy on her skin after she took a shower. Like, we went to the lake and we went to the pool together and it never bothered her. So I don't know that she actually had it. Well, I mean, maybe maybe she had a milder form of it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think everybody has, like, a severe to the point where they go into anaphylactic shock or anything like that. Right. It's probably varying degrees of allergy to that, but that has to suck because you probably stink, right? I mean, if you can't bathe yeah. regularly. I mean, how do you stay or clean? Like, I don't know. I wonder if you have to do like a saline, but that's part water, right? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, everything's part water. Maybe you have to use like sand or like baby, baby powder or something to like clean yourself. Ooh. I don't know. That sounds weird. Yeah. I'm super thankful uh, I don't have any of these, but specifically that one because I'm a two shower a day kind of girl. Uh, exactly. Next is Stoneman syndrome. So that sounds fun this already. Is also known as fibrodysplasia ossificans progressive. So there's three names of that one. I should have read that before. Uh, it mainly affects connective tissues. So it occurs when the body's repair mechanism causes muscles, tendons, and ligaments to become frozen in place. Bones usually replace these tissues. A child with this syndrome always has big, deformed toes. Weird. It starts at the neck and proceeds downward into the limbs. Very rare, only affecting approximately 1 in 2 million people worldwide. There is no known cure. Insurgents have attempted removing the bone, but that has only led to more vigorous bone growth. Wow. Yikes. That sounds awful. The life expectancy with this can't be very long at all. No, not at all. Because, like, be pretty blood miserable, is a connective tissue. Pretty miserable existence, too, I would think. Yeah. Foreign accent syndrome, which sounds kind of fun. This rare <laughs> medical condition causes a person to develop a foreign accent overnight. Like Madonna? This disease usually... <laughs> <laughs> or Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> right? This disease usually is caused by stroke, but head trauma and migraines may also cause the syndrome. Afflicted people do not acquire a specific foreign accent. They also do not acquire any additional fluency in a foreign language. The condition was first documented in 1907 by neurologist Pierre-Marie. Speech errors associated with the syndrome include voicing errors such as Kate for gate, vowel distortions such as yeah for yaw, and having trouble with consonants. Kate Lockett is an example of a patient with foreign accent syndrome. She went to bed with a Staffordshire accent and woke up with a Polish one. (laughs) That is so bizarre. 
I've never heard of that. Laugh, but that's pretty funny. I've heard <laughs> of like wake up with a Polish accent. I've heard of people with like head injuries, like learning foreign languages, like like suddenly yeah. being aware of how to speak a foreign language. But I've never heard of the accents. That sounds just well. There's a lot of stories of people with like severe head injuries that like all of a sudden they become savants in something. Yeah, they become like a like classical pianist or something. And then of course, like the original is Phineas Gage. Yeah, you know, the guy that got the stab the with the... Yeah, the iron, like, rod that went through his head. The and human he, brain uh, is just insanely strange. It can do so yeah. many bizarre things. That one doesn't sound terrible, but I guess, like, the preceding stroke thing would be not great. Um, so next is the Alice in Wonderland syndrome. We covered you this in an earlier names. episode as well. Um, Did you? But, yes, but if you want to just give us kind of a little summary, because I'm sure not everybody listens to every single episode, so. Well, how dare they? Uh, so it's a disorienting neurological condition. Patients with the condition usually suffer size distortion. Their sense of vision, sensation, touch, and hearing is adversely affected. They also experience excruciating migraines and altered body image. The victim may find it difficult to comprehend the size of his or her body parts. They may also have an altered perception of other objects. The use of psychoactive drugs, as well as brain tumors, may cause this temporary syndrome. Additionally, migraines are also common causes, and reports suggest that a lack of sleep can also cause Alice in Wonderland syndrome. So, so that I'm was supposedly right here. something that um, the gentleman that wrote Alice in Wonderland um, suffered from migraines, and he had auras and all kinds of other stuff, and that he suffered really? from this particular ailment. And that's where the name came from. Oh. I think his name is Lewis Carroll. Yeah, Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. You know, he wrote that in San Diego or Coronado. Isn't that cool? But he had a lot of health issues, evidently. So interesting. So next is Klein Levin syndrome. We talked which, about this one in the past as well. But go ahead. I'm not hating this one, but obviously it is very debilitating. It's also known as the Sleeping Beauty syndrome, characterized by recurring periods of excessive amounts of sleep. Patients also experience altered behavior and mood changes. Condition may occur in both young people and adults. Patients afflicted by this condition normally sleep the whole day and night and only wake up to eat or go to the bathroom. This behavior may last up to months. It gets chaotic for the victim if they do not have anybody to care for him or her. They lose out on work opportunities, school, and even important home activities such as payment of bills. And several drug therapies do exist for the treatment of this syndrome. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird one. We did like a fairy tale um, episode, fairy tale diseases. But I, oh, I guess cool. people that suffer from this, it is, you know, it's like sleeping for days and days and days and months. Like that's got to be extremely debilitating. Although it sounds refreshing, it, it's, you, you can't have much of a life when that's what's going on with you. Yeah. And I bet you don't feel rested. No. Like I bet you just can't keep yourself from sleeping. Yeah, it's almost like a form of narcolepsy. Did you guys talk about the causes for it? Yes. We got we like delved into it very deeply. It was we did an hour long episode and we did four different types of diseases and kind of talked about 20 minutes per disease and that was one of them we talked about. What's what's the cause of this one? This website doesn't say. Um, usually they say that there's some sort of a chemical imbalance or something with the hypothalamus is something that I, if I recall correctly, um, mm. an imbalance in serotonin levels, um, just brain waves getting crossed as well, but they have not been able to necessarily pinpoint a specific 
reason that people get this. They know that girls get it more often than boys, and it's usually teenagers um, and young adults that tend to suffer for, from it more than any others. So they don't know if it's just some sort of a chemical imbalance that pops up with you know, certain factors, but they just have not narrowed it exclusively down to one thing. They have multiple things that could potentially cause this in the human brain. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that they say it can occur in young people because like sleeping a lot is a sign of going through like puberty, like teenagers sleep a lot. Oh my God. I I slept so much. I would like go to bed at like two and sleep until two the next day. Every day. Yeah. One time I I remember waking up at like 4 PM. Yeah. And that was normal for me. Yeah. I can still do that Great. now, by the way. <laughs> oh, can you? No. Yes. It's awful. I never get a chance to do it, but um, sometimes I sleep all day. Oh, wow. If there's no one around or my yeah, boyfriend's no. out of town, I could literally sleep all day. I'm, I'm a, like, I wake up at least two times. Actually, these past couple of weeks, I've only woken up once per night. And that's like with five hours of sleep, five interrupted hours is like a good night for me. Yeah. But I have insomnia and we've already talked about that. Yes. Um, so next is Lewandowski-Lutz dysplasia. So the layman calls this illness the tree-man illness. Patients of the disease have a high susceptibility to human papillomaviruses of the skin. Resembles a type of tree bark on the hands and legs. It's mainly caused by types 5 and 8 HPVs, which are normally harmless to the vast majority of the population. There's not a conclusive treatment, but patients are normally treated with acetretin for six months, interferons, retinoids, and cymetidine have also been used effectively before to treat this. Uh, so the next one is Perry-Romberg syndrome. Okay. And this is primarily characterized by the rapid shrinkage of tissues beneath the skin. It's usually manifested on one side of the face, but can ex- be experienced on other parts of the body. Weird. Initial changes start at the lower jaw. These changes then extend to the nose, the mouth, areas in the region of the eye, eyebrow, ear, and neck. The tongue and the gums may also be affected. The disease starts at between 5 and 15 years of age. Um, There's no cure or treatment that can stop the syndrome yet, but reconstructive surgery may be needed after the disease has stopped regenerating. So at some point it stops regenerating, and then you can correct, I guess, the, the, the issues that it causes with reconstructive surgery. Wow, I want to see some images of this because it sounds very There's bizarre. a video of a little girl on this website. Wow, this is so weird. I, the people that are suffering from it, it's just a bizarre. It's like they get like dents in their face where the disease takes yeah. over. I'll post some pictures up on our social media. It seems so strange. Anyway. So next is fish odor syndrome. Whoa. Which sounds that gross. It has to be awful. Yeah. So when you suffer from the fish odor syndrome, you will primarily smell like fish for the rest of your life. What the fuck? That sounds awful. That sounds like a very socially isolating condition. Seriously. Uh, it occurs when the pr- production of, enzy- of the enzyme flavin containing monooxygenase 3 is abnormal. So we all know about flavin and monooxygenase 3, right? So I don't need to go into what that is and everything. Yeah, totally not. <laughs> we're all like we're all on the same page there. I have no idea what it is. This causes the body to lose the ability to properly convert food during digestion. The waste then builds up and is released through sweat, urine, and breath, giving off a strong, fishy odor. Syndrome often starts at birth, and the cause of this embarrassing disorder is unknown. Patients are normally treated through the use of acid lotions, dietary restrictions, acid soap, activated charcoal, 
and copper chlorophyllin. Wow. So you just can't process your, you food, your body can't process the enzymes in food. And so it excretes it throughout your skin and your body. That's disgusting. Yeah. But I wonder why it smells like fish. Like no matter what you eat, it sounds like it smells like fish. Well, they did say that dietary restrictions could help prevent it and fix it. So that can't be everything. It's got to be some things that your body isn't processing well. I bet if you ate like a lot of things that had that were acidic. I wonder if you would... ate some fish. Would it still smell like fish? Like uh, like a hair of the dog thing. Yeah. Like just like <laughs> Give me more. Fish on top of fish. Right. Fish on top of fish on top of fish. Yeah. Um, good. Alien hand syndrome is the last one. We've so also this talked about hand. this one before on the show, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so this involves a hand involuntarily moving without being controlled by the patient. A patient may reach out for an object or even wave at people, all without the control of the hand. The person can feel the sensation in the hand, but they believe that the hand behaves independently from their body. Oh, I've heard of this one. I don't think I knew it was called yeah, that. Yeah, but it's like, how do you actually uh, conclusively prove that these people aren't faking it? I mean, I guess the same way you prove like other things you can't necessarily prove, like dissociative identity disorder. Like You can't prove that, but trained clinicians can identify kind of a thing. So weird. Yeah. Anyway, like you can't you can't be like you're faking this other personality. Well, um, I don't know. Maybe they're not. Where was I? Patients who have had their two brain hemispheres separated have a high chance of experiencing the alien hand syndrome. That makes sense. This procedure is usually done to reduce epileptic symptoms. The separating the um, the two lobes of the brain, two hemispheres of the brain. Yeah. Um, brain surgery, stroke, brain infections, brain tumors, and aneurysms can also cause this syndrome. It sounds super fun. I was actually telling my sister when we were talking about this one that I think I have alien stomach syndrome. So like my stomach just Your does, stomach moves. Does, what it, does what it wants. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to eat. I want you to eat this. And my hand moves towards it and grabs it. And I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> it grabs donuts and cake and I can't control it. Oh, those are so good though. If only we could get treated for such a condition. Right. I'm fucked because there's nothing I can do about yeah. it. <laughs> no. Well, there's that, there's that, um, the one where the corpse syndrome. So where you think you are already dead. They put those two so together. So like that's the antidote for the alien stomach syndrome. <laughs> reject yourself with that. No, I was listening to some yeah. talk show this morning too. This just blo- baffles me and blows my mind how powerful the brain is. Cause there are people out there that like actually, hear about a disease and the symptoms and then their body and their brain determines that they have that disease. So there have been people that have thought they had MS and basically were debilitated and handicapped and were put into a wheelchair until somebody came up and told them, Hey, you don't freaking have this. Here's the test. You don't have it. And then they were like, I'm cured. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like they went to uh, like a, a televangelist thing. Right. Somebody like laid their hand on them and all of a sudden they can walk. Yeah, it's absolutely um, insane. There's this thing called like medical student syndrome, and it's also true with like psychologists or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you read about so many different conditions, you start to think like you see the symptoms, and they're all usually pretty like common symptoms, and you start to think like I have this. Isn't that this whatever being a hypochondriac? <laughs> no, it's just it's it's from studying all of the different things, and then like you move on to the next one, and you're like, oh shit, I have these symptoms. So it's like you you start to kind of self-diagnose because you're learning so much about all of these things. Oh my God, it's not I like have a these. real thing. It's yeah. like my older sister 
or one of my sisters, I can't remember if it was my younger sister or my older sister, who was reading about ADHD and a couple of other different things. And then she all of a sudden determined, oh, I have ADHD. So she's like fucking 45 years old and is like, oh, I have ADHD. Late diagnosis. she like used it as an excuse for like why she doesn't do things? I don't even know. It's my older sister. Sorry, it's not my younger sister. My younger sister doesn't do crazy shit like that. But my older, my younger sister was like, she has children that are kind of like borderline autistic. And uh-huh. she she joked with me about it a little bit at first because they have not gotten a diagnosis because they are like, they're high functioning. Uh, I think okay. it's just one. I think it might, might be just Maya, but she said that her younger son or something may have exhibit some minor symptoms as well, like sensory type issues. So mm-hmm. she's highly functional and she's, you know, talks normally and does things, but you can tell when you meet her, she's a beautiful little girl. But you can tell when you meet her that something is just sort of off. She doesn't quite have those social um, composures and social controls that normal children have when they're a little bit more reserved and they Mm kind of have the space thing. She just doesn't have kind of space conceptualization. So she'll come right Mm -hmm. up next to you and she doesn't even really know you and just kind of get in your face. And it's like... It could be like Asperger's too. Yeah. Something like that. So she's got kind of like... She hasn't been officially diagnosed with anything because she doesn't necessarily check all the boxes with the different things that are potentially out there that she could be suffering from. But she definitely has right. some, some sensory issues and some other things that kind of lend to the feeling that maybe she is not 100% normal. So, but, How old is she? Um, I think now she's like eight or nine, I want to say. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because they don't even diagnose that until like, I think between three and five. Yeah. But she would have been. No, she now, went through she a be... whole shit ton of tests as they were trying yeah. to figure out what was going on. And the thing is, you know, she's intelligent enough to be able to go to normal school and things like that. But my sister was just at her wits end because they were trying to figure out, you know, why is this, she having issues with some things and not with other things. And we need to get her some special help so that she can continue to grow in the same way as her peers are. So then at one point she would joke with me and say that she thought maybe she had autism because she had read so many of the stories about it. But anyway, um, obviously she didn't. Very, very interesting. I'm going to have to do an episode on autism just separately because it's just so many facets of that that are absolutely just astounding and mind-blowing but in any case my older sister was the one that was like doing all this research and and determined that she had ADHD and um, a couple of other different things and needed to be put on Ritalin and a couple of other things did she actually get put on medicine yes She's literally on like 10 different kinds of medication for the most random stuff. And she came to visit me and she was like, oh yeah, I take da 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 and and it's made me so focused. I I never, I never knew what was wrong with me before. And now I'm just so focused. Because you're taking speed. Yeah. (laughs) That makes anybody focused. The thing is when we were kids, like my younger sister, my older sister were like night and day different. I mean, both of them were kind of uh, creative and a little bit more reserved, but my older sister was just like, she just was so strange. She would eat and like a whole bag of chocolate chips and lay in bed. And she just was not very active and very like, didn't do very well in school was very artistic and played in multiple instruments, but she just was not into any kind of academia. And mm-hmm. basically I got a bad rap when I went through school. Cause I was two years behind her because they all thought I was like her. And I was like this super overachiever. And they were like, Oh, you're just going to be just like your sister. So no one would give me a chance. And I'm like, no, no you don't sucks. understand. I'm not like her. She was awful like she yeah. I don't she barely graduated really she just didn't care 
And the thing about right. her, she was really into art and drawing and painting, and she played the piano and the clarinet, and she was very, very musical and artistic and everything. But just as far as anything that had to do with anything that wasn't reading a romance novel, she just didn't give a shit about. Oh, I hate romance novels. So she would They're just so lay in bed and eat an entire bag of chocolate chips and eat a, and read a romance novel. Wow. Which sounds like, like chocolate a, chips, not chocolate chip cookies? No, chocolate just chips. a bag of chocolate chips. Wow. She had these awful, like, sugar cravings and would have terrible cramps and just lay in bed and eat an entire package of chocolate. And I used to get candy bars and stuff and hide them in my room, and she would literally go sniff them out eat half the candy bar, cut the end off, paste it back together, and try to make me believe that... <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> this, she was such a weird character. I, I, How did she account for, like, the rapper being She open? was like, I didn't do it. But I knew oh, it was her, because she had, like, this massive candy addiction, like, sweets addiction. And the thing is, I did as well, but I would hoard. So I'd go get a bunch yeah. of different things and then eat it slowly over the course of, like, a month. But she would like, and she kind of created this sort of thing in me where I felt like I had to binge because somebody was going to come steal it if I didn't right. get rid of it immediately. Right. And this is the reason why I have so many eating problems now because I grew up in a big family <laughs> and it's like, if you don't fucking pig out, then you won't get another meal. Definitely not fun. I wanted so badly to be an only child because having a sibling just sucked for me. I didn't. I didn't give a shit about my sibling. And granted now yeah, I, never, I feel a little different, but I like, we never got along, but I never actually like thought about whether or not I wanted to be an only child. It was just kind of like a, I have an older sister. We no, don't get along. I was absolutely positively convinced that I was adopted, that somebody took me from somebody else, like that I did not belong. <laughs> I was like, this that's is exactly not my what my mom says. It's so <laughs> funny. She, she was for the longest time convinced that she was adopted. Yeah. She's nothing like her siblings. Yeah. So I have one sibling that's kind of like me in some ways, but I felt like I didn't look like them. I didn't act like them. I was like, just, I I always felt like I did not belong in that family. Yeah. You know, what's weird though is I, you know, I am adopted, which we talked about that on the genetic database thing. Yes. The DNA, whatever. And I have a picture of my mom when she was younger, younger than I am now actually, but we look just alike. Wow, that's crazy. Like I, yeah, I met somebody, and it was like a friend of a friend. So like I knew I'd known her for a little bit, uh, and we were at an Auburn football game, and my mom came down with me, and we were all tailgating, and I was like, "Oh, this is my mom," and she was like, "Oh yeah, I can see it." And I went, "I'm adopted." Right. So yeah, I've got some more crazy diseases. Want to hear about these ones? I would love to. Let's do it. This is 20 diseases you've probably never heard of, though, so it's a little bit more. And we're probably not going to get into every single one of them, but at least we'll cover the high points. Um, It starts out with this one, which I guarantee you've never heard of. It's called the Jumping Frenchman of Maine. This very rare disorder is characterized by an unusually extreme startle reaction. Oh, I have that. (laughs) Me too. It was first (laughs) identified in the late 1800s among an isolated group of French-Canadian lumberjacks. The exact cause of Jumping Frenchman of Maine is unknown. One theory is that the disorder occurs because of an extreme conditioned response to a particular situation influenced by cultural factors. So these people are like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you can't come up behind them. You can't like, you have to announce yourself. You have to like take a fucking blowhorn with you. <laughs> announce your I'm not presence. even playing. I might have that. Like people will walk around a corner and I know they're in that room and they come out of that room when I'm not expecting it. And I jump like sky high. 
I had the biggest startle reflex. It's not even funny. Well, it's hilarious, actually. Well, they actually say that that could be related to um, adrenals. Like a your adrenal, oh, really? your adrenals are worn down, so you worn have like down. Ex, yeah, you have so you have like an extreme um, reaction, like a startle reaction, and it can happen, uh, and it happens very frequently with athletes, because you end up your adrenals just get worn down from years and years and years of like hardcore activity. It's interesting, but anyway, um, this next one is cadazzle. And this rare genetic disorder causes multiple strokes in adults, even young adults, and may progress to cause co- um, cognitive impairment and dementia. The symptoms of catazil are caused by damage to small blood vessels, especially those in the brain. It's also known as hereditary multifarct, multifarct, God, that's a hard word to say, dementia. The symptoms and progression of the disease vary wildly. So it stands for cerebral autosomal dominant arteriopathy? With subcortical infarcts. Oh, my God. So it's a heart condition. No, it's a brain condition. But it's a genetic disorder that causes multiple strokes in adults that causes cognitive impairment and dementia. So it's the blood vessels you in the brain. You said it's atria or something? Arteriopathy. A-R-T-E-R-I-O-P-A-T-H-Y. With subcortical infarcts. So like infarcts. the atria of your brain degenerate then? The, the little blood vessels. Small blood vessels. So that they have a series of strokes and it causes dementia and cognitive impairment. So it's like, and it happens a lot in young people. I was thinking like, because a heart attack is a myocardial infarction, which is the only place I've ever heard that. And it's not infarction, it's infarcts. So I'm assuming. No, I know, but that's the only place I've heard that like segment. So Right, but I'm assuming it's a similar sort of thing just in the brain as opposed to in the heart, right? Because basically a stroke and a heart attack are the same thing, just in different parts of the body. Right. Yeah. So um, the next one is Leish-Nan syndrome. And this disease is caused by the absence or deficiency of an enzyme. Symptoms include impaired kidney function, joint pain, and self-mutilating behaviors such as lip and finger biting and or head banging. Additional symptoms may include muscle weakness, uncontrolled muscle movements, and neurological impairment. Other names for this include HDPRT or HPRT deficiency. Wow. Um, I think I might have that. I do a lot of lip and finger biting. <laughs> I do too. Yikes. This is like those the, are the only ones I do. The ultimate map for the hypochondriac right here. See, right we're getting that medical student we syndrome. We are. Oh my God, I have to look that up now. Hang on one sec. It's called medical student syndrome. <laughs> so according to medicinenet.com, Medical school syndrome is a form of acute hypochondriosis that affects people in training to be a physician. For example, when studying Hodgkin's disease, a medical student feels behind their ears and neck, feels little lymph nodes there that are entirely normal, and thinks they have Hodgkin's disease. Oh yeah. my God, it's hypochondria, basically. Mm-hmm. But Lovely. like very temporary. Yes. Pronghite Canada syndrome. This sim- the symptoms of this very rare disease include loss of taste, intestinal polyps, hair loss, and nail growth problems. CCS occurs mostly in older people. There have been fewer than 400 cases reported in the past 50 years, primarily in Japan, oh. but also in the U.S. and other countries. So you lose your sense Wait, of taste. Wait, why is it called Canada then? Cronkite Canada syndrome. I have no idea. Maybe that's where they discovered it? Walter Cronkite had it in Canada. Possibly. But look, that can would you be imagine my educated guess. A disease where you have loss of taste. That would be fucking that awful. That sucks. But hair loss and nail growth problems. That just seems like such a random combination of symptoms. 
intestinal well, polyps. Like hair loss and nail growth, like those are related to protein. So I wonder if the loss of taste like means you something have to do with protein. That's very strange. Um, Rabson Menhall syndrome. This extremely rare genetic disorder is characterized by severe insulin resistance. Initial symptoms include abnormalities of the head and face, teeth, nails, and skin. Other symptoms include skin abnormalities such as acantosis, niagrams, or a skin, a skin disorder characterized by abnormally increased coloration or hyperpigmentation. In many yeah. cases, additional symptoms are present. This is an inherited and a recessive trait. So you get some weird-looking skin growth and coloring. Pseudomyxema peritoni. This is a rare malignant growth characterized by progressive accumulation of mucus-secreting tumor cells within the abdomen and pelvis. Ew. Yeah. Symptoms include increasing size of the abdomen and abdominal pain. The disorder develops after a small growth or polyp located within the appendix bursts through the wall of the appendix and spreads mucus-producing tumor cells through the surrounding surfaces. Ew. Yikes. I, uh, when I was an undergrad, I was taking like anatomy and I think I had like the flu or I was some kind of sick. I don't know. And it was like an 8am class and we must've been discussing like digestive system or something. And he said mucus so many times in that class. Like I had to get up and leave the class cause I was going to vomit. It made me so nauseated to hear the so word gross. mucus. It's gross. Um, number eight is Haley Haley syndrome. This genetic disease is characterized by blisters and lesions that may come and go, usually healing without scarring. It becomes apparent after puberty and occurs because of a mutation in a gene responsible for production of protein essential for good skin health. Ooh. It, do, it occurs due to a mutation in a specific gene that creates protein that is essential for the proper health of skin. It usually becomes apparent after puberty and symptoms can develop at any age. Blisters. That so it's just blisters that come and go? Yeah. Without scarring. I mean, it sounds hmm. pretty, like, innocuous, but... I still wouldn't want to have blisters coming and going just randomly. Yeah. Like, of all the things, that sounds pretty mild. Menk's disease. This is a genetic disorder of copper metabolism that is detectable before birth, follows a progressively degenerative path, and involves several organs of the body, but especially the brain. Symptoms include seizures, stunted growth, unstable body temperature, and unusual color or texture of hair. Other mm. names for this disease include copper transport disease, kinky or steely hair disease. <laughs> kinky <laughs> hair disease. Steely hair disease. It just sounds so weird. So basically, That sounds like when they were naming diseases in the 40s. Unusual color and texture of hair. So like, I'm curious as to like... What exactly does that mean? I want to see. So hang on one sec. I'm going to look up a symptom of this or a, a vic, uh, patient suffering from this. Disease. I wonder if it looks like steel wool. Whoa. Ah. Is it crazy? Yeah. It's like all these little white kids with like very crazy hair. Wow. And some of them have like super strange colored hair with like little babies with like huge white streaks in their hair where their hair is just like it looks like copper wire. And it's a little white. Hmm. <laughs> and Dandy Walker malformation. Who thinks of these names? It's Dandy usually... Walker sounds downright pleasant. But I bet it's not. Like, it's probably people all that discovered this, I would imagine. But this refers to a brain malformation that occurs during embryotic development of the cere cerebellum and fourth ventricle. Symptoms can include developmental delay, low muscle tone, or spasticity, poor co uh, coordination and balance, in addition, DWM is sometimes associated with 
hydrocephalus, in which blockage of the normal flow of spinal fluid leads to excessive amounts of fluid accumulating in and around the brain, which can give high blood pressure within the skull and create swelling in the head, which can lead to neurological impairment. So it just gives you a really super big head and swollen brain. Yikes. That one seems pretty... I knew it, didn't, I knew it wasn't pleasant. Pretty straightforward. Adult onset Stills disease. This rare auto-inflammatory disorder, sometimes referred to as AOSD, affects the entire body. The cause is unknown. Affected individuals can develop episodes of high spiking fevers, pink or salmon-colored rash, joint pain, muscle pain, and sore throat. Episodes vary in frequency and severity. Yeah, so anything, like strep yeah, with a rash. Basically. Anything that where you develop a rash, I'm just not on board with that. It sounds no. shitty. A rash and excessive hair growth. Yeah. Those are on my list of things I don't ever want. Pontus cerebellar hypoplasia. This is a group of rare conditions characterized by prenatal development of an abnormally small cerebellum and brainstem. It's usually associated with profound intellectual disability, and these diseases um, are uniformly fatal in early life. Only a few patients have reached their 20s or 30s. So it's basically like you just get a really, really small brain and brainstem. So, like, it just, they can't develop normally. Which yeah. sounds like pretty self-explanatory and easy to understand. Wolman disease, genetic disease, is characterized by the complete absence of an enzyme required to break down fats in the body. These fats oh, then, that sucks. Yeah, these fats then accumulate in tissues and organs, causing various symptoms that can include swelling of the abdomen, vomiting, and enlargement of the liver or spleen. It doesn't sound like a very common disease, but... Leukocyte adhesions deficiency syndromes. This is a group of diseases affecting the immune system in which symptoms are characterized by defects affecting how white blood cells respond and travel to the site of a wound or infection. Symptoms vary, but those who are affected develop an increased susceptibility to recurrent bacteria and fungal infections. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Also Um, fungus on my list of things I don't want. Pretty much. Not so much. Um, Necrotizing fasciitis. This is a rare, but I've heard of this one. Yeah. Rare, but very severe type of bacterial infection. These infections can be sudden, vicious, and fast spreading. If not treated quickly, they can lead to toxic shock syndrome. Other names for the disease include flesh-eating bacteria or streptococcal gangrene. I had a roommate that had that because it's also a symptom of a brown recluse spider bite. What the fuck? Seriously? Yeah, and she had it. Uh, so she got you, bit by a spider. Do they have brown recluses out there? I'm not really sure. I know we have black widows. I know they have, like, they, there's brown widows out there, too. I think there's brown recluses, but um, they they hide in, like, like around wood Ugh. and stuff. So, like, if you, like, clean out a shed or, like, a cabin that hasn't been in a long time, like, be really careful because they're, they're, like, probably some in the corners and stuff like that. Seriously. Um, under pieces of wood and stuff. I can handle anything but spiders. Can't, no, I can't either. Can't but she, it. yeah, she got bit on her thigh and like her, like all around that bite, it turned black. It was disgusting. She had to go get it like scooped out. It was really Oh my gross. God, that's awful. Things like that. Like also Australia, everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Pretty much. Like just, have you seen the spiders, like the jumping ones? Can they have not, their huge ass spiders. Can we not talk about those? Cause I'm going to have nightmares. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Basically Australia is trying to kill you. Pretty much. Every but it's day. beautiful. I've heard. I've never been, but. It does look beautiful, but yeah, like in when, in the desert and stuff. No, thank you. Why do they make some of these diseases so hard to pronounce? This next one is hyperferritinemia cataract syndrome. It's got literally like a hundred letters. 
This genetic disease is characterized by early onset of cataracts associated with persistently elevated levels of protein known as ferrin, or ferritin in the blood plasma. The mutation associated with this disease is inherited as an autosomal dominant trait, and cataracts are the only known complication associated with this. Well, that sounds fun and interesting, but not like the worst disease on this list. Yeah. Erdheim-Chester disease. This is a rare multi-system disease of adulthood. It is characterized by excessive production and accumulation of histiocytes, which is a type of cell with multiple tissues and organs. The underlying cause is unknown. This sounds so fucking vague. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what are the symptoms? Um, it just what excessive, excessive cells in multiple tissues and organs, basically, with no, no known cause. Like that's what cancer is. That's like the basically what it sounds like regeneration of cells. But it says it's a multi-system disease in multiple tissues and organs all at once. Yikes! And the last one on this list is Sagawa syndrome. This is a rare genetic disorder that is characterized by an uncoordinated or clumsy manner of walking and dystonia, a general term for a group of mus- muscle disorders characterized by involuntary contractions. Symptoms usually become apparent around six years of age and may be more noticeable in the afternoon or evening than in the morning. Interesting. Nice. All these scary, awful things that could potentially happen to kids and babies. Yeah. And All right. This is the point where we were at the show up for the day. I want to give a special thanks and shout out to Darcy um, for spending a little bit of time with us today. Um, one more thing before we end the show is I want to read a couple of the emails that we got. So we got an email from Candice who asks, will you guys be attending any podcast conferences in 2019 like PodCon? Probably not this year, um, Candice. Our, um, number one, we've got some pretty tight scheduling going on. Darcy is finishing up her educational. Katrina, my sister, is also in school So there's just a lot going on, and I really don't feel like we have garnered enough of an audience at this time to be able to really make the most out of going to a conference. But I would anticipate that next year we're looking at definitely getting a couple of those onto the calendar. That would be so cool. Yeah. I've heard they're super fun. But thank you so much for the email, Candice. If you would like to speak to us or give us a suggestion, a comment, a correction, I know that we mispronounce a lot of medical terms and we apologize for that, but we are not doctors or medical professionals. We just like to talk about weird diseases. So that's our excuse for that. So long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you do want to send us an email, you can send it to thehypoalma at gmail.com or hypochondriacsalmanac at gmail.com. I will put those two emails into the show notes if you should so wish to use those. Um, you can also check out our Instagram at podcast.addict. And then our Twitter is hypoalmo as well. Um, thank you again, Darcy, for joining us. For show. Uh, please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments, as well as some more common ones that more people are experiencing today. But good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye.